Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. How does somebody get saved? I don't know about you, but that seems like a pretty important question to me. How do I take care of this sin problem that I have and be made right with God? How do I know that I am going to heaven when I die? What questions could be more important than these? Well, that's one of the core things that the book of Galatians is seeking to give an answer to. How does somebody be how is someone made right with God, especially in these opening chapters? And today we will look at chapter 2 of Galatians and see a very clear answer. And as we look at this, let's start uh, towards the end of the chapter where it says in verse 15, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we have also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So there, that's a pretty clear statement. How is somebody saved? Through faith in Christ, not by works of the law, not by works of the law. And so, as we consider that, well, we need to consider some of the historical context because here it has a lot to do with um, people who were still seeking to say, hey, no, you have to do all of these things, especially ceremonial things like circumcision under uh, the Old Testament law to be saved is, is the context here. And, and so here we see uh, Paul arguing strongly against that. And he talks again, just autobiographically of how his gospel was accepted by the apostles. They were on the same page, going back to chapter one, reminding people, hey, I, the gospel was given to me through revelation from Jesus Christ. It even talks about how he opposes Peter, who when he was around Gentiles was uh, okay with uh, eating what they ate. But when the Jews came to town, whoa, I acted differently and how that was inconsistent and unhelpful. But now he gets to why. Uh, Because no, it is not by keeping these Old Testament food laws that you will be saved. It is not through getting circumcised that you will be saved. You will be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, you are here probably listening to this podcast in the United States of America in the year 2022. Um, I doubt really any of you have been up nights thinking, do I need to be circumcised to be saved? I doubt any of you have lost sleep saying, I just had bacon today. Did I lose my salvation? These aren't the front of mind issues in our culture. However, that does not mean that there aren't people still thinking they can somehow be justified by works. I mean, you think this is one of the great debates of the Reformation, of the Protestants versus the Roman Catholic Church, with the Roman Catholic Church declaring, no, our works are involved, and even declaring in their official doctrinal statements that if you believe in justification by faith, you are anathema. Or you think of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that there are works involved in earning their salvation. But also that there's many who might not be a Mormon or a Catholic, but might just be your 
average American and may refer to themselves as a Christian. But when it comes down to it, why are you going to heaven? Well, I'm a good person. I go to church. I don't cuss. I don't chew. I don't go with girls that do, right? All those kind of things to say that that's why I'm saved. And it is a very real problem still in our culture that some people think, well, by doing these things, I will be saved. And what they're going to miss is not only are they missing how to get saved, they're missing how then to live the Christian life as well. And that's what we see kind of as we go on. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor, saying I don't build back up the law now that I'm saved. Uh, Verse 19, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So here it's touching on only how are we saved, but then why do we live the Christian life? And it's not now I live the Christian life to, well, now I got to keep the law to be saved, right? No, that's again negating what Christ has done. Our salvation is earned through Christ. But now I live differently, well, because I'm I'm free. I'm free from the law so that I might live to God. I've been crucified with With Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and now I live by faith in the Son of God. I live now not thinking, oh, I got to do these things to be saved. I live now trusting Christ moment by moment and doing the right thing, ultimately, in many cases, doing what the law, the moral law of God states because I'm trusting Jesus. I'm trusting that his way is the best. So that's a crystal clear reminder and something that shows us some of the biblical text of why we believe salvation is by faith, not by works, and also gives us that framework. Well, then why do I go do, I guess, you could say some of the good works that I know I'm supposed to do, uh, well, through faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now I'm trusting Jesus moment by moment, day by day, following him. And as we do trust Jesus moment by moment, day by day, it'll lead to us praying to him. And I want us to look at a couple prayers in the book of Psalms today. And notice something that maybe we can relate with or should think about sometimes in our prayers. In Psalm 5, a prayer of David, he's crying out to God, but it seems that he is putting him some distance between himself and the evildoers. He's asking really for protection, saying, for you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil shall not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You destroy those who speak lies. These are the kind of things he is saying. But he says in verse seven, I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Uh, And so there we we do see in some Psalms, David putting some distance between himself and sin and himself and evildoers saying, God, help me because I'm trusting you. I am seeking you. And even even then, it's never this works-based idea, because even here he's admitting it's through the steadfast love or through the abundance of your steadfast love that he enters your house. But that should be a part of our prayers. There should be a sense sometimes of saying, God, I'm seeking to honor you, God. God, I'm seeking to do what's right. So please help me, because I don't 
I don't want to be like those evildoers. And that should be a part of our prayers sometimes. I know it, sometimes it seems weird to, to say, hey, God, look look at what I'm doing. Uh, God, I want to do this. Um, but when we do that with an acknowledgement, God, it's only through your steadfast love. But when we sh- express our desires to seek the Lord, to follow him, to do what is right, that does honor him. But then in Psalm 38, we see a different example where we see a moment where, where David is confessing his, uh, his sin. Um, as we look at chapter 38, he says, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has come down upon me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. But then he cries out to God for help. He cries out to God for protection. And he says in verse 17, for I am ready to fall and my pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. And again, there's there's foes opposing him. So in Psalm 5, we see foes are opposing him and David is coming saying, God, I'm trying to do what is right. I'm trying to do what is good. Help me. But in Psalm 38, foes are opposing him and God, and he's saying, God, I've sinned and I'm sorry. And let that just be a reminder. We will experience both things in the Christian life. I hope there are seasons and hopefully as we grow more and more seasons where when we ask God for help, we can say, God, I'm trying to do what is right. Help me. But there also will be seasons where, God, I have done what is wrong. Forgive me and help me. And a good reminder that even when we've done something wrong, we can still go to God. We can still seek his help. So an interesting uh, observation there in the Psalms today. And then let's wrap up with 2 Samuel uh, 19 as Absalom now has been killed. David is mourning. Joab, uh, one of David's commanders, he rebukes. Uh, David saying, hey, all your soldiers who fought for you, they feel like you would be more happy if they were all dead and your son was still alive. That's not really uh, helping the morale uh, here, King David. And so we see then David return to Jerusalem. We see him be gracious to his enemies, this man who cursed him. We see Mephibosheth exposing the lies of his servant. And we see David seeking to bless this man, Barzillai the Gileadite, who had been generous to David and provided food and sought to serve David even in that difficult time. So we see uh, just some of the post uh, action there of this whole episode with Absalom, right? The main conflict is over. Absalom is dead, but we see uh, some of the aftermath of that today in 2 Samuel 19. But I hope we are encouraged and reminded today we are saved by faith, not by the not by our works, not by the law. And then we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.